0: What is big? At UCF, being big provides options. Big creates opportunity, and big offers more than 80 accredited online programs and certificates that fit your life no matter where you live. Ranked as one of the nation's top 15 online programs by US News and World Report, UCF Online is more than just convenient, it's life-changing. To apply or search for degrees, visit ucf.edu
1: online. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I'm Tom Cavanaugh. And I am Kelvin Thompson. And you are listening to TopCast, the world-famous teaching (laughs) online podcast. (laughs) Is that part of our new uh, service mark, trademark kind of thing? If you say it enough, it becomes true.
0: There's some truth to world that. Of,
1: actually, you're the one who looks at the Google Analytics, right? No, we, we, we actually, have people from around the world. We actually have international listeners. It's
0: it's absolutely legitly true. Every every month uh, and annually, we look and there's, I mean, it's it's mostly uh, North America, United States, but you know, we got a, uh, you know, we what, have a Canadian. Well, no, <laughs> no, no it, <laughs> We've interviewed them for, for, for <laughs> real. The <laughs> absolutely legit for reals. As I recall, I'm pretty sure this is right. The second country is a tie as I recall, between Canada and Australia. Really? Okay. The UK, I want to say,
1: maybe comes in third. Well, given those countries, it makes sense. We are speaking English. Is that what this is? (laughs) Occasionally, I lapse into Spanish, my terrible Spanish. Habla español. It's possible that your Spanish is better than my English.
0: <laughs> I don't Maybe. I don't I don't lapse into my uh my mother tongue of um, you know, redneck uh, southern american, you know.
1: <laughs> well, I heard the the squeak of the thermos and the gentle and the, burbles of, and the
0: leaking on the table apparently because oh, yeah, you. you're the making world. a mess. <laughs> Golly, well, They're not going to let us back in the studio,
1: or at least not me. <laughs> Stay away from the electronic equipment, Kelvin. <laughs> and Clannis on that side of the table. Goodness,
0: what a mess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if only you could see what this, oh, uh, what this looks like.
0: <laughs> Instead of your normal
1: froof, maybe it needs to be some uh, <laughs> comet cleanser. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Don't mix those two up. We need a yeah, really. You can't tell the difference. We need a, a some sort of a coaster, I think. Yeah. All right. So I'm stirring in mm-hmm. my whitener of choice. Yes. And um, hmm, that's not too bad. I assume you have chosen this coffee for a reason.
0: I always choose coffee for a reason, Tom. Uh, yes. Today's coffee, I might uh, point out, is a single origin, Kau, from. Hawaii's local buzz coffee on the Big Island of Hawaii. And as a note, while a lot of folks are familiar with Kona coffee, a lot of brand recognition there, Kau is from another coffee growing region on the same island with its own regional characteristics. This specific coffee was brought back from a family trip by our UCF colleague Jacob Bates. Uh, Thank you, Jacob. Jacob visited the Paradise Meadows Orchard and Bee Farm that grows, roasts, and distributes this Kau Hawai'i's local buzz estate coffee, and Jacob selected a dark roast for us to
1: brew and enjoy. Cool. So well, again, thank you, Jacob. I remember watching his trip from afar on social media mm-hmm. while he traveled around Hawaii yeah. and hung out on the beach and ate cool foods and probably macadamia nuts and probably pineapple. So this is good. It is. Um, it is a little strong. Yeah, and yeah. It's the dark,
0: dark roast. roast. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so apart from the pun on the caffeine buzz, some folks look for coffee. <laughs> Not me. I I just like the coffee. I thought that the coffee from this actively engaged buzzing farm, which also produces honey, macadamia nuts, and other products, and distributes throughout the islands and online, was very appropriate for today's episode. So you said the coffee was good. Yeah. How was the connection, Tom?
1: Well. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it because of how you set it up. I'm trying. Yeah, it's an Redeeming actively my engaged farm. So we are. Yeah, we are going to talk a little bit about um, about engagement mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. and uh, you know how to how to have en- an engaged online experience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that's cool. I get it. So I at least got it. <laughs> That's
0: better than not getting it. That's better than not getting it. And there's That's days right. I worry about you not getting it. <laughs> but True. hey, so it's, it's something.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, maybe we should clue in the rest of our listeners Please, here yes. about why this is uh, thematically correct. Mm-hmm. So, Kelvin, um, during the 2018 OLC mm-hmm. Accelerate Conference, yep. you yeah, I did. had the opportunity to interview the presenters of one of their best in-track sessions. hmm Uh, You spoke with Dr. Tanya Means, who is currently at the University of Nebraska, where she is director of the Teaching and Learning Center in the College of Business, Mm -hmm. and who we've known for a long time, back when she used to be a Florida resident. That's right. And Dr. Meredith Bergeron, Mm -hmm. who is from Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University, where she serves as director of educational technology. Mm -hmm. They were recognized for the best session in the research track for "Quote measuring online graduate student connectedness and engagement activities that impact completion rates." Unquote. Unquote. Uh, so your conversation focused on a line of inquiry that they had about online program engagement, um, which they are now conducting. Yep. So that those that topic is one that I think everybody listening to this is is probably interested in.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. We uh, we talk a little bit about engagement broadly, uh, and of course, I think most of us uh, folks who would listen to this podcast probably focus a little bit more on uh, online course engagement, but their specific emphasis is on program engagement. So, uh, we'll talk about both of those things, but that is their particular interest.
1: Okay. Well, now, through the magic of podcast time travel, here is your conversation with Meredith and Tanya. Hey, Tanya and Meredith, so good to
0: have you on TOPcast. Welcome, glad you could do this.
2: Thank you very much for having us. We're glad to be here. Yes, thank you for having us.
0: We're going to talk about a topic that I personally hear a whole lot about, I bet a lot of our listeners do, because it's so important in our online teaching and learning world. Uh, And you guys have uh, been presenting on uh, a very zoomed-in version of this topic here at the OLC Accelerate Conference. But the idea of online student engagement Online student engagement. Let me just throw this real broad question out to you guys. Why I said it's a it's a big deal to like all of our instructional designer, online faculty, online learning leader, audience members. Why is online student engagement such a big deal?
3: I think it's a big deal because it's hard
2: to measure. <laughs> <laughs> and hard to define. Oh it's kind of a buzzword, isn't it? So mm-hmm. people just say engagement, and we're all supposed to know what that means. Mm-hmm.
0: Sounds like it's Better than disengagement.
2: Sure. Sounds
0: like it's something you would want. Yes. Right? We want engaged uh, members of a community or members of a a class context. Don't want disengaged. Engaged employees, not disengaged employees. Had some of those. Don't want them. Yes. Right?
3: Right? Don't want disengaged employees. And you don't want disengaged students. And I think it's a big concern in higher education and online education specifically that students are engaged and faculty see that. Mm
2: -hmm. I think from the perspective of just teaching, whether you're in the room, whether you're remote, whether you're synchronous, whether you're asynchronous, you wanna feel like people are connected. Mm -hmm. Um, You wanna feel like not only they're connected to you, they're connected to their peers, they're connected to the content, Mm -hmm. um, but you wanna feel like they care. That They're wanting to learn that and so we talk about engagement I think as a proxy for this idea of being connected and caring about what we're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's good I, I wonder if you yeah. What do you think about this in the early days? I've been in this field for about 20 years and certainly at the beginning of my time there was a And I think I still see this periodically, but I'm curious what you guys think there's sort of this um, uh, perception that the general public has, maybe folks who haven't had a lot of first-hand experience, oh, online courses. Hmm. Yeah, it feels. Uh, I need to be in a classroom, you know, because I need to I need to be a part of something. I hmm, that seems kind of lonely and kind of. Uh, it's kind of. It, it's sort of like this in, this implicit assumption that it will be a disengaging disconnected experience that was something I saw early early on I still see it periodically do you think that's changed over time uh, or do you think it's always an issue
2: well I think initially when we were first starting to establish how the technology would work we we kind of put things out there as this correspondence course on electrons Mm. it was just the thing that you did in your house by yourself with a little booklet that you sent back in the mail only Mm. you did it electronically. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And that is a very disengaged or disconnected kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm figuring it out on my own. I have only the little resources that I can manage to get in the mail and then I have to send it off to somewhere and who knows how long it'll take to get feedback or realize the results from it. But then I think as we started realizing that technology can do more, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I think we started incrementing what we could do. And to the point where I think now as faculty, as they get more accustomed or um, comfortable, familiar, with what can happen online, that's now coming back into the classroom experience as well. So we Mm -hmm. see people who are just saying, this needs to be an engaged experience, it needs to be an active experience, it needs to be something that doesn't just have you sit while I broadcast something to you, Mm -hmm. but has you doing something.
0: Mm -hmm. I have a colleague who used to quip, hey, you wanna see distance education? Go look at the back row of that large lecture hall. There's some distance education for you, You physically and transactionally, right? And uh, what would be some examples, uh, to put you on the spot here, uh, Tanya and Meredith, uh, what would be some examples of those technology innovations that have then uh, affected the way that we conceptualize and practice engagement?
2: I think you should share about your experience
3: in the doctoral program. Sure. I recently completed the EDD program at the University of Florida in Educational Technology.
0: Congratulations.
3: Thank you. And the program... Dr. Meredith. Dr.
0: Meredith, that's right.
3: (laughs) I am. Uh, The program was very centered on the community of inquiry. Mm -hmm. And the program faculty were very purposeful on making sure that we were engaged in our program and not only with the university but also with the faculty and other students and I came away from that experience with some great friends and my best friend Sarah she's actually a part of our research project Mm -hmm. and she wasn't able to be here at the conference Mm -hmm. but we are very connected and we've collaborated a lot over the last four years. I can't believe it's been four years, but it has. And I did my master's degree online as well. But I felt very connected to not only UF, but my faculty and the other students as well. And I was so excited to see another cohort member here at OLC Accelerate. So it was a nice, it, it's been a, a very good experience for me feeling connected to not only the university but other students in the program as well.
0: To what do you attribute those feelings of connectedness?
3: I think it's the way that the program was structured and that they made sure that we took our courses together. We Mm -hmm. had a online platform that we used for networking with just the other students, so Mm -hmm. that made a big difference as well. We also had synchronous sessions every month, Mm -hmm. so it was an opportunity for us to interact and engage with our faculty and the students as well.
0: Cool. So we've been talking about online student engagement broadly. You guys have been engaged ah, watch that, uh, engaged with a, a, a research project um, in a very um, zoomed in uh, type of online student engagement with graduate students. Can you tell us broadly about the, the research project and how the what it is and what you've learned and so forth?
2: Sure. So one of the things that we connected with each other uh, around what was happening in graduate programs I am uh, assistant dean and director of a teaching and learning center with a the University of Nebraska Lincoln who has a great online MBA program for the college business and I'm the capstone one of the capstone uh, instructors for the MBA and so I'm working with students who are working professionals they have a number of years of experience um, usually seven to nine years of experience in the work field uh, in the workforce they are um, bringing into the program really rich stories um, experiences of things that they've done as they've gone through their career and then they're having coursework that is helping them to understand how that applies to the business business environment, how to manage, how to lead, but they are kind of thinking of their little world in the context of their, their work experience. As I'm working with those students throughout that term, I'm trying to help them to see that somebody else has had their experiences that um, are similar around the concept or the context that we're talking about, even if it's in a different environment. And so a lot of the technologies that I've used in that class have tried to help them to be able to see what the other person is doing in a way that they can relate to them, that they can apply lessons learned from them, and that they can build on that uh, networking opportunity for them to realize, oh, I've got a friend at Adobe who's doing something very similar to what I'm doing at Dr. Pepper, but they're very different companies, but we're having some of the same experiences. Mm -hmm. And so what elements of that in-course experience build toward that kind of reaction that Meredith is having in a program where she's being able to be in a cohort to get that uh, relationship building. I can do that in a course, but then how do I go beyond the course to make it a program thing? Because mm-hmm, we're not a mm-hmm. cohort program. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, and
2: so mm-hmm. how can we take those elements? And then beyond the what happens within the course or within the program, what happens on just the, the outside of the curriculum? Mentoring relationships or um, reaching out to people who are outside of the, the institution or, or alumni or things like that. So how can we... Um, Build that into our program as we started thinking about that We wanted to look at the engagement research itself, which Mm -hmm. a lot of it is focused on the undergraduate area Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Say what about an institution? Makes it a good place or a good environment to build those kinds of connections Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And so how have you structured your your um, Your research into that after looking at the uh, initial literature. What have what have you guys decided to do?
3: Well, we're building an institutional inventory and we're wanting to have institutions and programs participate by completing the OSCS, which is the online student, student- online student connectedness survey. Yes.
0: OSCS.
3: Yes. OSCS. Right. Thank you.
0: <laughs> or the Oscus. Yeah. Yes. Nobody wants to call it.
3: <laughs> No. But what we're trying to gather is just key indicators of what makes a program unique hmm. and what makes a, an, an institution unique as well. Hmm. And do you want to finish it Go for it. Okay. Well, we would like to have participating institutions and programs participate by completing the OSCS. And it's a 25-item questionnaire in four categories. and. Really we want to see what key indicators come about with connectedness and how their students feel connected to their programs and the institutions. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So the OSCS is pretty vetted. It's been used and some research around it. But I don't think anybody has really developed a really good inventory of the institutions where the students are in. Hmm. And so we put together a list of questions that we thought were really valuable and relevant to how would we categorize, how would we classify a particular institution around engagement? Hmm. And we brought that pre-developed set of questions to our session, and then after we had explained some of the background and what we were going to be looking at, we asked the participants in the session to give us feedback on the questions. So were these the right questions? Mm-hmm. Are they? If they were thinking about their program, would they be able to know what we were talking about? And would they be able to answer the questions? Mm-hmm. We got some really valuable feedback from them about some things we hadn't even considered. And it really, I think, is gonna help us to shape up that institutional inventory so it's usable for a lot of different, a variety of institutions.
0: So let me see if I get this right. and Please correct me if I'm... Um... Wrong. So, individual students will complete the OSCS, but you're providing um, some categorical structure around um, institutions at which, for lack of a better term, buckets of students uh, will complete that, and so that you can get to the point of of looking for some patterns, some relationships between institution characteristics and um, uh, response patterns on the OSCS is that That's more or less right yes so where are you so it sounds like you're you're, you're doing some there's uh, the OSCS okay here's what we think kind of we're going out here and talking to the community and kind of uh, getting re- some responses so what's your next so what's your next step from here
2: well, we had a good set of people who attended the session, but it's still probably not broad enough. Mm-hmm. So we'll tweak the inventory a little bit to match up with the feedback that we got from mm-hmm. those people. And then what we'd like to do is send the survey out for some more input, make sure that that that's measuring what we think it's going to measure. We'll do probably a little pilot and make sure that we are getting good data mm-hmm. and that um, from our perspective that we're able to evaluate the responses that are coming in and then we're just going to go into mode of trying to get as many people to respond as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you going to try to to? I guess I could see you doing this in several different ways. Are you going to try to coordinate uh, survey implementation um, through institutions, by institution, um, and or are you going to just kind of cost, cast a very wide net for as many? online students wherever is possible to complete their thing. How are you, what's your So we'll thought? focus
2: on institutions that um, are willing to complete the inventory. Mm-hmm. And then when they complete the inventory, we'll give them a customized um, link to the mm-hmm. surveys, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. O-S-C-S. O-S-C-S, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> too many letters. Uh, so that when they we get that data back, we can tie it directly to the mm-hmm. institution.
0: Okay. Right, 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 sure. Gotcha. So, what do you think your timeline is? You think um, in the next year? What do you what do you, what are you what are you hoping to uh, get accomplished by when?
3: I, ho- I think we're hoping to accomplish this within the next year. Mm-hmm. We've been actively working towards it for almost eight to ten months, maybe yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Things mm-hmm. take time. Yeah. It does. It takes some time, but we did get really good feedback yesterday, and we at our session, and we have a lot of faculty and programs that are interested in joining us Mm -hmm.
0: what do you think the the big hook is here what's the what's the i don't know pick a metaphor what's the promised land what's the what's the hoped for eventual uh payoff here i mean i got my speculations but what is it that keeping you going going uh, down this line of inquiry what do you what are you thinking that you're going to add to the field what you're going to learn in this process
2: From my perspective I'd like to know given the um, environment that I'm in Mm -hmm. given the type of students that I have and the needs that they have what are some good practices that I can attempt to implement Mm -hmm. Um, there's so many different ways that you can work on engagement Um, I can focus on on Uh, at the instructional design level. Mm -hmm. I can focus on it at the faculty level. Mm -hmm. I can focus on it at the uh, programming level Mm -hmm. or the college level or Mm -hmm. the Mm institution. There's so many different ways that we can approach this problem that in some ways if we don't have some guidance, we could spend a lot of time spinning our wheels and not really knowing if we're getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so my hope is that we can come out of this with some recommendations or some suggested paths to take. At
0: each of those levels, you Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. I think that would be a, a, a meaningful uh, contribution, especially it doesn't seem like we're losing uh, online students anytime soon. It seems like we're just having more and more of them, so it would be great to have them, uh, wherever they are, having meaningful experiences.
2: Well, and one other thing I'd add to it is the fact that so many programs are looking at Online is the future. Online is what we're going to. In five years, ten years, whatever, we're going to have to be online. Well, I would like to prepare those people who are getting into online to make the best decisions possible so that we continue to enhance the quality of an experience online. If everybody jumps online, online but nobody knows what they're doing, we really have a possibility to greatly degrade the experience. And nobody wants that. No, no. nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody we want to keep making it better. It's advanced significantly since that correspondence course on electrons. Yeah. And yeah. we want to keep it going in that same direction.
0: That's awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to, to following your work and seeing how things uh, play out. And I hope you'll keep us informed. And, hey, maybe we could have you guys back on and, and uh, farther down the road and, and hear some of what you have found and, and uh, what what those lessons learned for institutions and instructors and program leaders are. That would be great, a year or so down the road. So thank you very much, Tanya and Meredith, for joining us. It's been great having you on, and uh, look forward to seeing what happens.
2: Thank Excellent. you. Thank yeah. you for having us. Thanks for having us. So
1: that was your, your conversation with Tanya and Meredith. Yep, um, yep. I, enjoyed, um, I enjoyed hearing that. I didn't get the chance to participate in that particular one no, during we, the conference. We traded
0: off on some of those uh, yeah. interviews.
1: So any takeaways that, that you had kind of reflecting back on that, on that um, interview live and then hearing it again? Uh, I guess just the, just the general importance of
0: engagement online. Um, Again, I think we tend to, in our field, focus a lot on course engagement there at the instructor and student level, but I was really quite taken with their emphasis on the importance of online engagement at the program level, especially if you're dealing with exclusively online students, Mm -hmm. right? We talk about that here some and you know the importance of, uh, like in our case here at uh, UCF Online, success coaches and all that. But it, you know, just that acad- academic programs have their own identity and their own connections with students, and and it kind of matters if all you're doing is is completely online. Your what's your relationship with an institution like? What's your inst- what's your relationship with? with a program like beyond just the individual course level.
1: Yeah, one of the things they talked about, uh, you know, how important it is to consider different kinds of institutions in mm-hmm, terms of mm-hmm. engagement strategies, uh, there, was, there was some discussion about kind of graduate program cohort yep. Yep, yep. Um, and, uh, and some, some strategies that might be specific for that particular context because I imagine, you know, it would, what works in one context isn't going to work in another context. And, mm-hmm. and you have to be sort of intentional about how you want to try to engage cause it, or have engagement occur because um, I don't think it's something you can just assume is going to happen magically. right. <laughs>
0: well, I guess you can assume it's going to yeah. happen. But <laughs> 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 yeah. That, that ain't going to make it so. That's right. You know what they say about assume. What What is that, Tom?
1: Uh, I will. I, this is a clean family podcast. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll
0: get, get the E rating. On the, <laughs> that's right. On, on our podcast. Yeah. I uh, I think that's right. I think they, they're particularly interested in, um, in graduate programs, but I think many of the things that we talked about and their interests would apply to online undergrad programs. Um, too. By the way, I did hear from Tanya and Meredith uh, really recently, and so we've got kind of a little update to that interview. Uh, they tell us that if any of our listeners are intrigued by the idea of their, their research, they are finalizing, as we record this, their Institutional Review Board stuff, and they are actively looking for uh, other institutions that might want to join uh, their uh, research study. So anybody who's interested at all, uh, we have a sign-up form that they have prepared, which will give you a URL here in a minute, and uh, which we'll also put in the show notes, so you could go there and, and link others out. Uh, but if you fill out the sign-up form, they will follow up with more information about how to get involved in their study. So here is the sign-up form. We made a little bit.ly uh, link for it. So uh, bit.ly, B-I-T dot slash topcast, you know how to spell that, I hope, underscore grad study bit.ly slash topcast underscore grad study all lowercase no spaces
1: cool well hopefully um, everybody goes out and helps them out so shall shall I try to um, kind of put a bow on it put a put a bow on it Tom okay it'll be pretty we'll put a bow on this plane that we're landing <laughs> we'll mix the metaphors we always use so for the students who have online-only experiences with their institutions, quote unquote, engagement mm-hmm. is even more important than it is for students just taking the occasional fully online course. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sort of stands to reason, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Engagement might affect motivation, persistence, performance, and completion rates. So we should all work to better engage with our exclusively online students.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would, have, I would agree with that. That is, that is true. Cool. Um, if we've got just a second or two more, might I Make some shameless plugs for our uh, conscientious listeners. Plug it in. Hey, if you're still listening, there's just for you. Now you can tell your non-TopCast listening colleagues, you know you have at least one, you know, that person. (laughs) You can tell them that it is easier than ever before to listen to TopCast now. You can find us easily now on Spotify, perhaps the last of the big podcast platforms that it wasn't as easy to find us on before. Yeah. And in addition, TopCast is now, believe this or not, this is amazing, right? We're so, we're so cutting edge, 21st century. TopCast is now an Alexa skill on the smart home devices from Amazon. So try saying, Alexa, open teaching online podcast, and see what happens. So- Don't,
1: don't say TopCast, because it won't know what you're talking about. It's so true. We tried it. <laughs> it, it, doesn't,
0: it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. In fact, the Alexa skill kind of answers back, okay, Now opening T-O-P-Cast, a teaching online podcast. That's all it knows how to say, the T-O-P-Cast. So teaching online podcast works. So tell a friend about Spotify and the Alexa skill, or try them out yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna try it. We have one. We got yeah, it for Christmas. There you go. We're gonna we're gonna give it a shot. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> My wife will say, uh Enough Could you, you. go <laughs> listen to yourself with your headphones on, please? <laughs> I think it's
0: really cool. Yeah.
1: It makes the sound smarter when it comes
0: from one of those devices. Because it says <laughs> smart home device right on. That's it. right. It's a skill. Yeah. That's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe that's a good place to end. Uh, probably so. So until next time. For TopCast, I'm Tom. I'm Kelvin. See ya.